Good morning, OBC Radio. My name is Corey Rosen, and you're listening to the Story Podcast. Today, I have a super awesome guest, but before we get into that, if you really like the show, please be sure to share, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to us on YouTube, share with all your friends, and if you really want to help us out, you can leave us a review on Facebook or leave us, rate us on Spotify, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us boost up our, up our podcast in the rankings, so that way new and Hopefully, upcoming other musicians can find this podcast and gain some exposure through that. With all that said, I have on today, Jess Zimmerman. The Jess Zimmerman Band is a country rock band formed in 2015 based in southeastern PA. Jess's love for country music combined with rock influences of band members Joe Barzowski, John Nobler, and John, no, sorry, Joe Mattis. Lots of J's. Lots of J's. (laughs) <laughs> creates a band with music that has a lasting impact on all that witness their show, with influences from musicians slash artists like Hailstorm, Underwood, Van Halen, Gaga, Benator, Benator, Benator. You got it. Benator. You got it. I know. And McBride, the Jess Zimmerman band is a sweet cocktail of country and rock music, adding in variety of genres, providing an exciting and entertaining live show. Jess Zimmerman was nominated and won the 2019 Best Female Vocalist in the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame Awards, and the Jess Zimmerman Band was awarded Best Country Band in 2021 at the CPMA's most recent award show. The band is currently up for five awards this year at the Nashville Josie Music Awards show, including Entertainer of the Year, Best Rock Singer, Album of the Year, Video of the Year, and Fans' Choice Awards. The band has written and recorded three records at Omni Sound Studios Nashville. With more to come, the Justin Zimmerman Band also has won the, f- the first Citadel Palooza Rising Star Contest and has been playing the Citadel Country Spirit USA Festival every year. The band has opened shows and shared the stage with a nonstop list of monumental artists such as Hunter Hayes, Little Big Town, Toby Keith, Trace Atkins, just to name a few. The Justin Zimmerman Band also works with Bob 94.9, FM, iHeart Country Radio, and has kicked off shows for Kane Brown, Jimmy Allen, High Valley, Andrew Baldridge. The band tours nationally and has performed at multiple NASCAR tracks for race fans while also honoring veterans and first responders along the way. Jess and the band have worked at helping to keep live country music alive with WITF, PBS Kids, and the American Music Theater. The band has performed and showcased in presenting country music. A film by Ken Burns, hosted at American Music Theater in 2019. You can be sure to follow all of her at all the links in the description. Jess, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, indeed. Yes. So, tell me, what started music for you? What? When was it as a kid? Did you grab the old guitar in the closet or... Uh, not necessarily a guitar. Um, music though was always really embedded in my life as a kid, and um, my family um, is very musical um, on on both sides, but mainly on my dad's side, um, very musically um, just influenced. They've all out, either played an instrument or we sang in church, and I I always just loved music. It was a great escape for me, and um, my parents put me. Um, and, you know, the piano lessons, and um, I wanted to do vocal lessons. And so I stuck with vocal lessons for, um, I still do them on and off, um, even as I'm older, because um, I think it's important. But 
it was just always something that was very instilled in my life as a kid. And I loved it. I mean, it wasn't like a professional realm as a kid. It was just music was just something that I, I gravitated to and I, I felt comfortable in. So at what point did you start playing around or uh, did you join a choir at church? I assume so. Um, not necessarily a choir at church, but I did like um, our our church always had like sing along things or like acting stuff and, um, you know, we, yeah, and... that kind of stuff. So I would do that. Um, and then when I was in school, I, I did the choirs and the select choirs and, um, you know, alongside of my voice lessons, I would start my recitals and, you know, your, your vocal teacher would have those recitals every month or every so many months. And then I started doing talent shows because I wanted like a different experience. Um, and I wanted something that I could see if I could win <laughs> and see if I could get a prize or win some money or, or whatever. And, um, so that was a great experience just in itself of learning how to sing in front of a crowd, how to entertain. Um, and, you know, each time you you do that, obviously, I think my first one was at eight. Um, so obviously at eight, I would hope that I'm a little bit different now of a performer than I was when I was eight. Um, you know, at, at the same time, uh, it was it, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was great. That's awesome. So at what point did you start writing your own music or get involved with the band? I started writing my own music when I was very young as well. Um, and I have like these awful cassette tapes of just me sitting in front of a and pushing record um, with the cassette player and then like re-recording re over top of it and then push play and then re-record. And I have some of them, but they're actually unfortunately so warped, you can't really understand them anymore. So I was, I'm kind of bummed because, you know, maybe my hit song, my Grammy winning song is one Back I wrote there. when I was eight. But <laughs> um, until then, um, I, I didn't really do any crazy songwriting um, as a kid where I understood how to you know, write a hook and a chorus and a verse or anything. I just, I like to write. I was a big journal um, person and I still am. And it doesn't mean I journal every day. I just, it's just when I feel like I have so many thoughts or so many things I need to get out, um, I journal it. It doesn't mean it comes out in a song. It's just, I journal. Mm -hmm. um, so then as I got older and doing my own shows and, and singing along with my iPad and, and things like that, I wanted to sing with a band. So songwriting with a band didn't happen until I was in like my 20s. Um, so it did, yeah, it really wasn't a time that I got involved in songwriting um, young. It was more like I just had all these notes and I still have a bunch of random pieces of paper and it's a whole hot mess. But, you know, maybe there's a, a good song in there somewhere. So the band itself that I'm with now, um, we didn't start writing until maybe about 2014 and that was with uh joe barzowski we started writing some songs and kind of seeing what that was like feeling it out because i was like i'm kind of tired of singing other people's stuff right. you know not that it's not great not that their songs aren't cool i just got it yeah i want to sing something that i want to sing and i want to say what i want to say and uh if people like it great and if they don't then turn it off that's right that's fine too so we we kind of started with that in a, in a different band and it um it didn't really, uh, it didn't really get traction with that band. So I decided I was like, you know what? I don't think this is for me. So I took a break, and I tried to go a different path um, in in the in my career in my work field, and that also was just like this is I I didn't have music. So in 2016, Joe Barzalski and I kind of 
stayed in contact. We were still writing original stuff, but I wasn't performing or anything. And he had said, I have this project. There's some people I wanted to do and work with. Um, and he was like, you know, hey, are you, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure, let's see what happens. And then, so here we are almost, uh, I would say almost seven years, six, seven years, seven years. Yeah. Seven nice. years later, six and a half years later. And three records. <laughs> so did you ever go like to college for any of this or? No, no, I, I probably could have benefited from that. Um, you know, I just, that just wasn't really in, in my path um, that I decided to take. I went to Votech for cosmetology, got my license, worked in a couple hair salons for a while. And then I decided in my break, um, I grew up on a dairy farm and I loved mm. Animals, agriculture, and horses were one of my cows. favorites. Yeah, they're great. In Lancaster County, it's like Lancaster County and cows. So I really enjoyed agriculture, and it's very rooted in my family. So I decided that I wanted to go into the vet world. Mm. Um, so that's what I did during my break. I was getting ready to do some college, and I wanted to branch into that. And I was working at New Bolton Veterinary Hospital and um, all those stepping stones to get me where I needed to be and at the same time I was still lacking this big part of music and um it's really hard to sing after you've been mucking stalls or been in a barn all day long because your allergy or at least for me my allergies were raging mm. um I, I just my body did not and to this day still doesn't handle that well um and I, I had to accept that so I was like okay if I want to sing and if I want to do this to the standpoint that I'm going to be able to be healthy and continue longevity, one of these has to give. And it can't be um, – I can't have the best of both worlds right – yeah, I can't have the best of both worlds right now. Um, and so that's where I'm at. Uh, and, you know, I continued then going on with the project in 2016. I left my job, and I was like – my boss was great. She was like, hey – you can come back and clean horses' stalls and there will always be sick horses and there will always be sick cows. And you can come back anytime. You can't come back to this opportunity to take yeah, on yeah. this program and, and, and do this program. It was the NASCAR program, actually, where we went around and played for veterans and f race fans and first responders. So there, she was like, take this opportunity. If it doesn't work back out, come back. There's always a horse stall at the muck. <laughs> I was it's, like, it's, oh my God, that's true. I guess I should do that. Um, it sounds so wholesome, but also kind of, yeah. if you're not into it at least. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, that's right. Okay. Um, and so that was a big decide because I, I didn't want to, I worked so hard to get that first foot in the door to that, you know, veterinary agriculture, even just career in, in that. And it, I don't feel I felt like I was kind of giving up and then I was like I had to focus on music and it was good. Um it was good for a while. That's good. And you make a great point about uh cuz all the musicians have part-time jobs or other other like day jobs and there are some jobs that are not good for your voice or good for your body that will detriment your yes. music singing. Yep. And that's something I didn't really know until I I uh my day job I teach children how to swim. Oh and wow, okay, cool. What I didn't know, though, is that the chlorine will really mess up your voice and you won't be able to talk. At least, I, I think for the first, like, week or so yeah. in the beginning of, of this podcast, I had no voice because yeah. I, of, of that. And I didn't know that chlorine really has an impact on your voice. It does. Um, so, 
now I've been taking throat coat and, you know, honey and tea. And You're welcome to the world of uh, being a, someone who uses their vocals for work. <laughs> it's so funny because I used to, I used to, because it, it's, it's like the stereotype. It's like it the is. cliche of the music. Everyone has their water bottle. Everyone has, yep. a, oh, I just need some honey and I need some tea and, I, and I'll be fine. And I need that humidifier in my, my throat and it'll be fine. And like, you're so silly. And then I'll, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know. It was like not necessarily like a ritual, but like I have certain things I like to do and I like to have on hand. And um, I am very weird about pools. I'm very weird mm. about hot tubs. Um, I I don't like any of those things, um, mainly because of the chlorine just being in the air. And you know, if, I think if I didn't have um, a career that I'm trying to flourish in in singing or my vocals, uh, I wouldn't feel that way. And I do like as soon as it's like allergy when they're chopping the corn right now in Lancaster County, you know, mm-hmm. it's harvest season. It is a big time where tractors and um, combines and, and pollen things, is everywhere. Everything is shifting around because they're they're chopping the corn and they're getting ready to do harvest or they're filling trench and um, that all gets in the air. And I, I notice it right away. And I live actually on a farm like a, like right next to a farm. So it's like ah, I can tell in my throat and. So yeah, I I can relate to the the chlorine thing. It is definitely different when you you're not um, someone who uses their voice. You're like, oh, you don't need honey. Yeah, right. And it's I'm like, like I, like, this I is, do. This is my job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I love vocal rest days. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're great. Just like it's a, be a mime for a few days. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you're just well. Why can't you talk? You're, you're just being. You're being rude. You're being dramatic. Yeah. No. Like, no. <laughs> I just sang for five hours. I don't want to talk to you. And I, <laughs> <laughs> that's that too it's like yeah. i just sang for three hours my voice is raw yeah i dare you to sing for three hours yeah, let's try it right now let's yeah. see how long you get come come back to me and tell me how your vocals feel and i mean i would recommend working yourself up to three hours Absolutely. Don't, don't just go in um no you know full, don't do that. full speed ahead you might you might hurt your vocal cords um especially if you don't have training but absolutely <laughs> so Moving on to the, into the Nash, uh, the NASCAR thing. How did you get into that? You said there was a program. Yeah, so there was a program uh, called Victory Weekend, and it was um, it was a Christian organization that started, and they were looking for entertainment to all go alongside that. And um, our drummer, um, he was kind of the connection to that uh, program, and he came to us and was like, "Hey, I'm looking for a band." Well, he actually came to my Joe Barzowski, the guitar player, and he said, "Hey, I'm looking for a band. Would you want to play? Do you have a singer?" What do you got? And so Joe was like, I have this singer, but she doesn't want to sing right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have this bass player that I used to play with in a rock band. And, uh, you know, maybe we could throw something together and see what, what sticks. So uh, we did it. And um, there was actually a couple other singers. And the guys the guys that are in, in my band now, um, they were the backing band for those other artists as well. So it was – they had some really grueling stuff. You know, they were not only playing for – stuff that I was singing, they were playing for other artists or they were, you know, they were playing a long time. So it, it was cool though. We got to play Miami, uh, Dade, Florida. We got to go to M- Michigan, Watkins Glen, New York. We got to play in Bristol, Tennessee. We got to play at Dover. I'm trying to name all the tracks we were at. Um, and we did it multiple times. So we created a, a really cool fan base there. Um, and then you know, NASCAR fans are dedicated. If anybody say, yeah. listening is a NASCAR fan, um, kudos to you. 
you are dedicated folks and I think that is great and you we couldn't ask for for better fans because they would stand out in the pouring down rain if as long as it wasn't thunderstorming we still played and they they loved it they just rocked so it was cool we we got um some really cool experiences out of that and some a lot of uh road travel you learn mm. a lot what it's like to be in a bus for 12 to 18 hours with people that with people yeah. you learn to just you have to learn to like each other and you learn everybody's little uh, idiosyncrasies and ticks and, and yeah <laughs> all the buttons not to push yeah, or to push yeah yeah you do you just learn that cuz um you know at the end of the day it's a job and you you spend more time with those people sometimes than I spend with my husband cuz you're working you're working yeah, yeah. So I guess that was that your first experience performing for like a really big crowd? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had sang the national anthem a couple of times um, at oh, some, cool. some ball games. And so there was, I think one of the biggest ball games was, that I sang was at the Reading Phillies. Okay. Um, so that was cool. And uh, there, I think it would capped at 10,000. So that was, a, a. I mean, I didn't know that at the time. If I would have known that there was 10,000 people there, I think I would have... <laughs> It's already nerve-wracking saying the national anthem because what a it's a hard song. It, yeah, what a hard song, and it's a it's such a, a meaningful song, mm-hmm. and it is like everybody's watching you. Everyone expects you to get it right. Yeah, yeah. and um and you know and rightfully so it's our national anthem. Rightfully so, yeah. So at the same time, I like when I had found that out afterwards, one of the guy was like, "Hey, like this was and this was a while ago. I think they probably had bigger times since then." So. At the time, it was one of their biggest nights, and he was like, "There was ten thousand people here," and I was like, "What? I don't even know. I don't even know close to a hundred people. Right. I don't think um, at the time." So that was really cool. And then, and then going into the NASCAR stuff, you know, you have a, a fan base that's so wide, um, you know, from Canada to wherever people may be coming NASCAR from. NASCAR in Canada. Well, so when we played in Michigan, you're not far from Canada. Gotcha, gotcha, so they sure. just, you know, they, they love NASCAR. Board, yeah. They come on over and, and they rock out with us. And it was great. We have a, a, a lot of really awesome Canadian fans. So shout out to, to our Canadian fans. That's so cool. Yeah. And it really probably was a really good move because you're country rock. And, you know, oh who's gosh. watching NASCAR? Right. All the country rock All people. All the country <laughs> rock people. And, and uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the NASCAR fans, they're... One of their other um, things that there is very important to them is our men and women in uniform mm. and our first responders, our veterans, um, and the, just the good old American. Uh, so, country. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that's a lot of what the roots of country music are, and I think it's a really nice. It was a really nice segue for us as well to to build um, a fan base and things that we also share passions about as well with our fans because that's important. So. Haven't been on the road a lot. What are some of the tips and tricks that you would give to people who want to make a road trip or want to <laughs> do uh, a tour by themselves? Oh man, oh man, that's big. Um, save your pennies. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's it. Save your pennies. Um, budget. You know, yeah, budget. You have to, you know. And my business partner Joe, he's he's very. He's very business savvy, and so I can't. I have to give him a lot of credit in that because um, I feel like I have some business um, just from seeing that in my family. I have a lot of family members that are business owners, so I, I kind of have gravitated um, and learned off of that a little bit. But going together with Joe, it's been like, hey, okay, I'll sit down and we'll try and track a route, and like 
you don't want to come out losing money. I no. mean, in, in anything. So, and especially in the music industry, you know, you don't always. It's so easy. Yeah, it's so money. easy, and you you know you have to you have to spend money to make money. You have to you have to buy your equipment. Um, investing is important. Investing is is very important. Tax write offs are important too. Yeah, and so like that's a whole other world that I'm like just learning about. Um, you know, as far as branching into that and and sometimes it's a little scary because i you know i invest a lot of money and a lot of things into something that i might not get return and if you do it takes a long time sometimes to get that return yeah yeah so i mean even with our merchandise you know that's a whole nother spectrum of business um you know we've uh, invested a lot of money into merch and we might not sell it all right away so it's you gotta just, buy the merch first to sell yeah, it. yeah yeah and um and that's hard so it takes a lot of sacrifice from everyone so i think if you're gonna go out on the road uh i think it would be smart to one budget yourself to make sure uh that every person that you're working with and going on the road with is willing to sacrifice as much as you Cause uh, make sure everyone's at, on the same page. Yep. Yeah, because if you guys are not on the same page, it it's gonna get miserable. It gets miserable. Um, it gets messy. Um, it gets uncomfortable, and you know that doesn't create a great environment to be creative. It doesn't create a great environment to go out and then try and perform. Yep, it translated into the performance. Yep. Yeah, so I think you just you have to be a hundred percent transparent. Um, and that is, though, though that would be my thing: save money, be transparent. Budget and Free pack food. Yeah, <laughs> pa- pack your food. That's a That's no joke. I like legit. Yeah, I pack my own food. I feel like I'm a little like school kid getting ready to go to kindergarten. But I, I'm not gonna lie. I bring a cooler. Now I also have some food allergies, but nobody cares about that. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares about those things. A- aside of that, I have to do those things to uh, make sure that I am uh, in. Uh, able to eat when i'm on the road i'm sorry uh it looks like our live stream went down oh no technology oh, no. technology it's all right we can do a little interlude it went down eight minutes ago or uh went down a long time ago looks like all right well we'll just have it picked we'll up just, people uh, yep i will put a photo saying up oh, whoops sorry for a technical interest and we'll oh hey back. I'll see maybe then if I can share it on my my page uh, while we're bringing it back up. Yep. So let's see. Why does this happen to me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, technology is great. When it works. Yeah. yeah. Another tip. Find someone who's technology, technically savvy and you might be okay yeah absolutely fine we're back. yeah we're back <laughs> we're back <laughs> yeah sorry if you if you are just tuning in and something happened i have got no idea what i'm gonna take my mouse all the way over here so that way it has no possibility of clicking anything that it might not i don't know what happened but we're gonna continue we, <laughs> it were, happens. we were talking about road trip tips and tricks of budgeting and uh making sure you're transparent um, and I'd add on, I tack on to that. Be not, not be confrontational, like in, in like a bad way. Yes. But like be willing to confront an issue. Yeah. Don't let things simmer. No. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that. Um, I don't, th- and I think honestly, maybe that's like, here's my little life lesson. You can't do that with anything in life, no. whether it's business, relationship, family, 
Um, but you can't do that at all because uh, at the end of the day, it's either going to harbor in you or it's going to harbor in the other person or it's going to harbor for everyone. And it just makes an uncomfortable environment. And uh, I think it's just really important to be transparent and, you know, you work through those hard things and you grow from it. And um, everybody can grow from it. And in, mm-hmm. even if it's something so little, I think being transparent. And I think at the end of the day, every hopefully everybody you're working with wants the best. Right. Everybody wants the best outcome and they, they want to. Everyone wants to have fun. Yeah. Right? So you want to have fun and you want to you want to do good things and you want to create music and you want to experience this ride that not a lot of people get to do. Right. And so I think in order to get to that point, you have to be able to be like, hey, can we talk about this? What can we do to make it better? What can we, what am I doing that maybe sets you set you off? Or yeah. Can, or like you just right. have to be able to be willing to to take criticism and and willing to give criticism and also know that um you look down today. What's going on? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like what's yeah, you're like you're, you end up being a big family. Um and because you do spend so much time together, you have to be able to to work through those things. Um, otherwise, it's just not going to work. No, it's not. Yeah, it's just not going to. So, coming back to PA. Yes. You are, oh, here, here's a question, actually. How'd you get to Nashville and start uh, recording in Nashville? Uh, so, oddly enough, and I, I, I'm still on the search for this paper um, to this day. When I was 16, I mapped out all my finances and all the things that I wanted to do. And, you know, at 16, whatever. Life plan. <laughs> yeah. And and the studios I wanted to record at and and all of these things. And I, I don't even think that I had an actual, like, full song put together. But regardless, I had this notebook. And the first studio on there was Omni Sound Studio. And that was the first one. It was the 18 Division Street, uh, 118 Division Street, whatever is the address. And... um. I remember finding that after I had already gone to Nashville and recorded there and never realized that that was the first place I wanted to go when I was 16. But I didn't get to go there until I was 24. Mm-hmm. I think I was 24. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember. It's been a couple of years now. Um, but how we got there, our drummer, Joe Mattis, um, he had done a lot of work in Nashville. He's worked with um, a lot of different um, people in the music industry. And so he – was like, hey, I know some people that work there. And um, it was after we had started the project with um, the Victory Weekend and we we had some original music and stuff. And he was like, hey, um, you know, do you want to, do you guys want me to connect you guys? You know, I know you guys have some music. At first, the first record was kind of just my business partner, Joe B., um, Joe Barzowski, him and I uh, together because we weren't sure where the band was going to go. So it was it was a group effort. And at the same time, it was still more of just a partnership um, because the songs that we had worked on started primarily between Joe and I. And then we we kind of filled them in with the band. And after the first record, it went it went well. And we were like, I was like, for business, we got to we got to we got to keep going. We got to write another record. We got to keep doing this. So that was when Red came out and uh, we went back to Nashville and we did Red. And Red was one that we uh, we did kind of as a a partnership with all four of us. And we were like, all right, if that goes well, then we'll work on another record. And I wanted to be a full luck album because the first two were EPs. Blue. Yeah, I, I know. It, I know. I, people, I think people were expecting a color, uh, but it wasn't. So we we came out with um, after 2020. We had a lot of downtime. We wrote our first full length album, went to Nashville, recorded it, 
and that and that's when breathe came out and um so now we're working on our fourth but i'm not i can't tell you what the name of that mm. is yet so that'll be coming out hopefully in summer spring of summer 2023 any hints of what it's about or uh, what, um what it entails or? what it entails I, well we're hoping it can be a complete full-length album um mm. you know i don't ever want a song to go on an album just to go on an album and uh, I think that's important. So even if it's not considered a full length, I don't want that song to necessarily be on there for just right, to be exactly. on there. Because time is money in the in the in the recording world. Uh, it's it's very it's a very positive, happy, um, bright. Good. I think bright. It's a very bright album at at this point. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Speaking of some of your songs, we have some of them lined up. Yeah, yeah. We have The Old Me. The Tell old me about that one. The Old Me. So that is from Breathe. And and that one actually was our first music video. That one's nominated for a music video of the year at Josie's. So I'm so excited in Nashville. Um, that that was a, a really kind of a, a monumental um, open song for me when I came to being able to talk about mental health. And... Um, the person that I felt like I used to be and the person that I am today and just have feeling like that old person or that old me, the old mm. me still haunts me and it still comes back. And I, you know, I feel like that we're always striving to be better. And if we, we just kind of forget about where we came from, it'll grab onto us and it'll, it'll haunt us. So that's where the old me came from. And uh, it's the music video is cool. It has like a lot of metaphors and there's all these like little things in the music video. If you sit and you watch it, like there's water in the bathtub of one scene. And at the end, there's another thing with like a big pool. And so like they all kind of tied in together. So I'm not going to give it away. So you go watch the the music video. (laughs) This is the old me by the Justin Moon Band.
really like that. That was awesome. Thanks. Yeah. We're proud of it. We're really proud of that song. Yeah, it's going on right on my Spotify playlist. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun uh, getting to hear like people like like you're actually here. You made that, and then having to you know be able to like, like oh wow. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, between the guys and the studio, and you know, we have a really awesome studio fiddle player and piano player. Say. That's amazing. They're amazing. They were amazing. Yeah. yeah, they're amazing. They are. Uh, um, I couldn't even dream of playing half of the way that that some of them play down. Nashville is just a. a pardon my. Fr- it's a freak city. There's so many talented people in Nashville. And so to be able to work with them and and then have them bring Bear. some yeah, bring their talents to to what we're trying to create and bring it to life. It was like that's our song. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> like, our song. you guys made it sound so cool and um yeah, it's it's cool. So we are we're proud of it. We're proud of all of our records, especially um especially Breathe and you know, it's it's kind of been a good monumental record for us. So you you're right about uh, Nashville. The one thing that all that surprised me when I went to Nashville for the first time uh, last November was on uh, what is it Broadway? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh yes. You'll walk five steps and you'll hear all this country, whatever, and then five steps or, or even just walking across the street, it's rock. Or you walk across <laughs> the street, it's hip hop. It's whatever. It's going on. It's music. <laughs> Everywhere. It is everywhere. Uh, 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. Um, it's almost, it, and we often talk about that. When we go to Nashville, we go there usually to work. So it's like we go there to do our records or, or PR or interview and, and just business connection, whatever. Though we try and plan a night that we can go out on Broadway or, or we'll go down to the writer's rounds. I, I prefer the writer rounds just because it's a little more. Uh, With the writer rounds. Uh, a writer round is where multiple uh, songwriters will sit um, and and do like kind of a showcase, and then they'll mm. so like it'll, they'll start do like kind of like clock, counterclockwise. Like one writer will sing and play a song he wrote, and then it'll go to the next one and the next That's one. That's cool. Yeah, and it's really cool because you get to see songs right at their um, their most vulnerable and kind of like where they were created at the core, and I, I like that. It's a little less uh, touristy, maybe. Um, then Broadway. Now, if you've never been to Broadway, we're going in October, um, actually a month from now for the Josie Awards, and we're taking some family. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go to Nashville. We're going to do all the, you know, the all Broadway the things. things for them and so they can experience it because it is, it is an experience, though. Um, it's not really somewhere I go to really hang out. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a good, if you're a music lover, it's a good thing to walk down once and then, yeah. you, and then you go to the stuff like the ride around. Yeah. It the, depends what you're into. Yeah. Um, that's, it's not, Broadway is a whole another ball game. It is. Um, so I, I appreciate it for, uh, for what it is and what it, what they do there. And uh, it's not really for me, but I, um, it is cool to see a couple times. Yeah. So, what is the songwriting process for you? You do you just write based off experience? Do you write write off things that happen to you? Is it collaborative or? I'd say it's a lot of so a lot of our our songs at least that we have out now are are very collaborative, uh, and there's not really any rhyme or reason. Uh, I don't. I've tried to make myself sit down and write every single day, mm. and that is like write a song every day, and that is really really hard yeah. songwriting. Um, is its craft in its own and I'm, I'm a full believer in that and I that is it's not something I feel comfortable doing um, so a lot of times it has to be 
a situation or something that it's like it struck me like oh that's a song mm. uh and or like not necessarily that's a song like that's something i feel like i can write about so i uh i go on and and do that or or my uh band members you know they'll come and be like hey i have these lyrics you know can we try and put a uh you know guitar piece to it or can you know what do we think of this is this something we should move forward with and so it is very collaborative on that part um a lot of the the songs that we have will be a song that has started by individual. So like Joe B would have started, you know, the guitar mu- instrumental. And then he came to me, he's like, hey, I have this guitar instrumental. I'm like, okay, cool. I think I got some lyrics for that. Mm-hmm. Or like vice versa. And so there's not really any like, I don't think there's any system. Um, now in Nashville, I know they have, I mean, there's, there's so, many, so ways. many ways to write songs and there is, I mean, anywhere you write a song is, is I think anywhere you want to write it is fine. Right. However Absolutely. you can get to the end point. <laughs> and it's always changing. There's it's not, always changing. Yeah. Uh, and so there's no rhyme or reason, I think, um, for anything when it comes. There's, there's, it's no holds bar. Just however you want to write it. You know, just write it. Write your song. Write One More Country. Yeah, One More Country song. Yes. So our, our song, One More Country song, <laughs> was kind of, uh, it started out as kind of like a, a for lack of better words, a dig at country music. Um, and I don't want to say like a dig, but it was like kind of all the cliches, like sitting in my pickup truck with my old bird dog riding down a dirt road, like all the things. green tractor. Yeah, <laughs> all the things you do in a country song. And all those things that we sing about are all things I've actually done because I, I grew up on a farm. I, I, I live those things. I line dance and um, I love country music. So it was just kind of like, we want to make one more country song. Like, mm-hmm. And exactly what it is, like another song out there that's about the country and this one more country song. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what, what happened. That's how it happened, came about. <laughs> that's, really, that's awesome. Have you ever heard uh, the the parody song, it's uh, the worst country song of all time? <laughs> no, but I will no. when I go home. <laughs> oh, it is hilarious. It's like, I love something in traffic jams are... Uh, and I love being I love being in the city of my big old van or stuff like stupid stuff like that. Yes, I will I will have to look that up because I'm sure it uh it's, it's probably so on point. Funny. I love big cities and traffic jams. It is. <laughs> it's like obviously this is right. what you're gonna want to do if it's, you want to push country a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's not country music if you like a big city. I have to say that. No, but it, it's done in country in country style. You know the voice and everything. That's awesome. It's really funny. With it, but this. As opposed to that, it's just another country song. It one, is. One it's country just song. One more country song. By Jess Zimmerman Band. Song. Living in a small. 
That was one more country song. <laughs> the Justin Ruin Band. <laughs> we have another song of yours, the Straight Jacket. Straight Jacket. Tell me about that one. Um, so uh, it is quite an interesting title. For the first time, we called it "I'll Be Okay" because I felt like Straight Jacket maybe was too abrasive. Yeah. And then the more that I thought about it. And even in our band conversation, we kept calling it Straight Jacket. And I'm like, why? Why are we trying to change the song? Like it, not that it, you know, it wants to be called Straight Jacket. <laughs> like we should just call it Straight Jacket. So we decided to call it that. And and I'm glad that we did because I think it went out to be a song that kind of opened up the door to talk about mental health with people in a way where people kind of felt like they could embrace it. Right. And um and I, I wanted that for people and I wanted that from that song. And that's uh kind of where that song came from was like, you know, the chorus is like the straight jacket doesn't fit, and then it's like, you know, God, can you take these chains can for me? Like, you know, it, almost like the straight jacket doesn't fit because you have God on your side, and at the same time you're still fighting this battle. Mm-hmm. Because in, in life, you know, just because we're we're in in the world we're not of the world and so it's kind of just that all like circle um around metaphor thing and here not yet yeah yeah Uh absolutely and so the straight jacket was kind of you know it was my own struggle with mental health and my own and that i still struggle with and my own journey through going and getting help and and healing and recovery and um being impatient and and all of those things so I wanted someone to be able to say, like, if you wore a straight jacket, and those are very real things, um, it's okay because you're not you're it doesn't it, define it you. It doesn't define you. Thank you. I, that's what I was looking for. I'm like, it's Monday. It's a little early. Uh, it doesn't define you, and uh, and that's that's okay. Um, you know, sometimes I think we get caught up in in. It's been talked about a little bit better with mental health, but we get caught up in like, oh, mental health. We don't want to talk about it. Right. It's um, like, I don't have time for my own mental right. health because I have to be the grind or right, I have to right, right. do this. I can't focus on that because I have things to do, like right. real adult things. But mental health is an adult thing it you got to take care of. Absolutely. So I think the idea behind Straight Jacket was like, I wanted to be like, if I come out here and, and, and we play this song and this with a band and we play straight jacket like i'm not even like i'll wear i wash i'll wear a straight jacket like i'll i'll correlate it and be like listen like even someone who stands up in front of people and sings or writes songs can struggle with something as scary as a straight jacket so that was kind of where it came from and um yeah we just we decided to to call straight jacket did you ever wear a straight 
I should do it? I like, do not. No. So thankfully, um, my diagnoses and things that I struggle with um, are, are not quite to that extreme. No, I meant like oh. on the stage. Like, did you have <laughs> hey. mentioned? You had oh, mentioned yeah, yeah. Not yet. No, no, no. Not no. yet. I, I was like, oh, that's really transparent of you to ask that. I, I'm not afraid to be, to be honest. Um, no, I did not actually wear a straight okay. jacket. Um, though I do, we have a show coming up in, uh, in November and we are going to be incorporating some, some kind of metaphoric things in the show. So I can't tell you what they are. Because that would be a really cool concept thing. It's like, yeah. uh, where, start out the show with a straight jacket and or you know, got like tape on your face or whatever and someone rips yeah. it off and you start singing. Yeah, hey, look, the, you're like right. being creative already. Yeah. So, but those of you that wondered uh, about that in itself, you know, straight jacket uh, is... I don't actually have one, um, and those people that have have to use them for for medical purposes, they have close spot to my heart. So absolutely, yeah. And this is Straight Jacket by the Justin Rubin Band.
That was Straight Jacket by the Justin Mimmon Band. That's a what a song, man. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. It's a, it's a good a good rockin' like crank it up in your car and sing it at the top of your lungs song. Absolutely. <laughs> Where can people find you? Do you have any upcoming gigs around here? Or? We do. We do. So uh, we have a lot of shows uh, for the rest of 2022, and then we're going to be going into 2023. So you can find all of our shows at jzband.org, on Facebook, and uh, under the Jess Zimmerman Band. Our first headlining show, we're going to be opening, or we have a band opening for us, um, and it's Fastlane. They're another local uh, country band, which is cool. They're going to be part of the show with us, and we're excited. At, at Mickey's Black Box at Rock Lidditz on November 4th. Very so nice. I'm so pumped for that. Um, if you're familiar, anybody listening to Rock Lidditz, it's like, what? This place is amazing. Yeah, that's the spot for... Yeah, it's cool. So we're, we're really excited that we got asked to be uh, to be a part of that. And then not only that, to be like a headliner, like your first kind of hometown headliner ticketed gig. Right. And it's such a cool place, so... And if you want to follow us, we can you can follow us anywhere. The story, Corey Rosen at C O R Y R O S E N. We're ending out our radio time on the radio, but we are going to continue on Facebook Live. So be sure to stick around for that. If you're on the radio, we're going to get you guys back to the music. All right, so you have been nominated twice and won twice at the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame. Tell me what that was like. Uh, that was really cool. So the first year uh, the CPMAs happened, um, which if you guys are familiar with CPMA, you would you had Brandon Valentine on here. Um, it's such an awesome organization and, and thing that they've started for local music. And so the first year um, I was nominated for Best Female Vocalist and I won. So that was like amazing because it was like one, obviously to be nominated as something as a vocalist. It's cool. And then to win is even Another. like icing on the cake. Um, and then I've actually um, been nominated. I was nominated last year for Best Female Vocalist. And or in the second one um, nominated for that. And then this past, this third one that they've had. Um, coming up on four already. It'll be four, four years. Yeah. Four, four CPMAs already. Um, but the third one we were nominated. Um, and we also were nominated as Best Country Band. And we won Best Country Band. And so that was like, what? What? <laughs> that was right. cool. And like cool. Central PA, where it's folk country it's, all all there around. Is, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of talented people, and there's a lot of people in the music industry doing what they love. And uh, so, regardless if it's country or not, there's a lot of people doing what they love. And I think that that's uh, it's really cool to be noticed and recognized for that. And I think that's what the CPMAs does. Does really well. Yeah, it does really well. And not only at a local level, they do it at a professional level so like Absolutely. bigger bands that have gone through or from pennsylvania and being like hey like we want you to be recognized because you came from pa and like yep. that's really cool like you know brandon Penn- valentine was talking about reaching out to taylor swift like uh, what is that yeah. yeah right um for those who don't know brandon valentine is the president and founder of the C- cpma um found- foundation yeah so but yeah so even be able to like reach out to like uh, the Badleys or, you know, people like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, Hailstorm, Hailstorm uh, right. Brett Michaels from Poison, yeah. The Pixies. Be, I think he's going to be performing at... I uh, think... Yeah, don't tell. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> I think I think he announced that, actually. Oh, did he? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, was I wasn't sure if that was something I was allowed to say or not. <laughs> but, uh... So I, I'm excited for... And it's a red carpet experience, too, as it well. Is. You get to so dress up. You get to dress and... up and... 
Everybody it, looks great. Yeah, everyone looks great. It's a great network opportunity. Definitely couldn't shout out shout them out more. Check it. I think right. that's coming this spring. Yes. This yeah. Spring. The fourth one is getting ready to. They're gonna um, get ready to drop the date and all that stuff for that. And um, yeah, I think it's it's so cool. We always look forward to it, and um, it breaks up the little bit of a winter lull I think we have in PA when we can't do anything. Do our busy outside, <laughs> you know, outside show festival schedules and they have it on a thursday night which i think is great because a lot of people are gigging on hey, yes. it's so good they thought they thought, they thought that through. through well done guys well done absolutely well done. <laughs> um you've also been a part of uh working on keeping country music alive live country music live yeah what was that like you've uh, done a show or a movie a film so we've actually done um, – so Ken Burns, um, he's a producer. He works with B, uh, PBS, and he did a m- series on uh, country music. And so we were asked uh, to be a part of that, and we kind of were like a little segue into the premiere of it at American Music Theater. And it was really kind of – it was an honor, um, not only that, because there are so many people in country music like Loretta Lynn and, and especially women in country music mm. have been such a monumental thing. And then to be part of that at a local level and, and to be playing somewhere like the American Music Theater with PBS, it was just all of these really big things. Um, and it kind of just we, we got asked to do it. And, and it was amazing. It was like, well, OK, yeah, we'll we'll do it. We'll 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 make it happen. And uh, I. I think that also branched into us doing a little bit more work with PBS and WITF. We just did the WITF music um, interview and uh, music session, which was cool. We got to go in their studio and we got to film and they filmed three songs and we got to talk. And it was a really nice highlight on the the music um, that we've been working on and, and being recognized locally. And then I did a little segment with WITF. Uh, with PBS Kids, I'm sorry. And I sang a little kid's jingle and it was on TV. And so that was neat because I have like friends and family that have kids. And they were like, I saw you on PBS Kids. And I was like, I didn't realize how big it was going to be. Like we put it together and it was it didn't take us very long. And I didn't realize how how big it was. I mean, how many people were actually going to see it. And I guess I that was just me being maybe naive. But I was like, oh, you saw me on TV. Like the public... Podcast. <gasps> yeah, uh, you saw. Okay, yeah, I was on there. Yes, I was. Um, so that, yeah, I, I don't know. I just maybe like didn't realize it was. No, <laughs> I mean you don't. It's like oh, it's a TV show, but then it's like oh, it's PBS, which is like national. Yeah, line, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, PBS Kids, and uh, it was it was cool. So I, I that was like a, I was like oh wow. You talked about uh, the women in the industry and playing with women. Uh, has that ever been a challenge for you, being a woman in in uh, a country scene or? Um, I think I think over time, yes and no. I think with really any any business strategy, women have made it very far, mm-hmm. um, and and have been very monumental. And I think that's awesome. And I I'm very glad for that. I think uh, no, everybody that I work with and my band members are all all men. And um, I think that it's it's really a cool place to be, not only as a woman but someone who's younger. Mm. Um, and to be able to be in a, an, an atmosphere where I, I feel like I can make decisions, I feel like I can be respected in a business platform. And, and that has not always been easy. Um, and that's, that's okay. I think if it was easy, it wouldn't be as rewarding. Um, and I think any woman would attest to that. And when it comes to the big spectrum of country music, um, 
country radio is hard. Um, there is a lot of a lot of of talk um, when it comes to country radio and country music of the ratio to men and women in country music. Um, I do get discouraged when I see a, a festival and there are way more You're male like artists one, than there women. are female. Yeah. yeah, and there's only one female. And or, but when I see it the other way, or I see it at least an even playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great. Um, so I think that there is room for improvement on the on that when it comes to the festivals and um, you know there's a lot of great women out there playing music and they got a lot to say, a lot of women that got a lot to say and uh, I think um, focusing and embr- embracing that um, is something that I I want to be a part of and if I can be a force for that I want to be um, and I want to I want to do it in a classy way and I also don't want someone to be like. Oh, you know you're you're a woman you know let's we'll we'll see where you fit and it's like no like i got a lot to say listen to listen to me i am the just Zimmerman fan (laughs) i this is all my accolades (laughs) like uh yeah like i don't i don't want anyone to think just because i'm a woman i can't do something right um and i don't think that should be across the board for anything just because you are younger you shouldn't be able to do something just because you grew up a certain place or had a certain lifestyle um, or you have a history of certain that you can't do something. I think, you know. There's always room to grow and room for yeah, redemption. The, yeah, exactly. There's room for redemption. You know, when you go into the spiritual realm, the Lord uses all kinds of people in situations. So Absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, I need to go into Sunday sermon on a on here, but you know what I mean. Right. And uh, speaking about the faith, you, how does one keep a Christian faith in the music industry? And one that can be so non-Christian. I I think it's hard because at times I I often feel that if I don't subject myself to the ways of the world, then I'm not going to quote make, make it. it. And and that sometimes is is hard, uh, especially you know I'm I'm, I'm married, um, I I'm, I'm Christian, and I I feel so passionately that the Lord has given these opportunities and these blessings and, and these things in my life. And so to turn around and and kind of fall into the way of the world, I think would be, they would be taken away mm. um, or maybe, or tainted. And I don't want, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's what I'm called to do. And if that means that I only ever play to the people that listen or at the people that come to my shows, then that's all I'm meant to do. Um, if I'm meant to be on the CMAs or I'm meant to win a Grammy or play the Grand Ole Opry, uh, I feel that the Lord will open those doors. Um, I don't feel like I need to, I guess, quote, sell myself to do that. And uh, and I feel like if someone feels that I need to do that, then I, I we probably we'll, don't we'll we don't need there. to work together. No. Yeah. Hey, you know, you and I are on different wavelengths when it comes to thinking that that's something we that works. And uh, uh, that's not really my 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 M.O., that's another thing within the music industry. Make sure uh, have your principles. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have, know what you stand for, and uh, you have to know what you want to believe, and and where what you believe, and and what you're willing, I guess to quote compromise or sacrifice, and what you're not. And I will say that a lot of that for me stems from my faith, and a lot of that stems from how I grew up in my family and um, growing up. On a farm, you learn a lot of things that a lot of people sometimes don't get to learn. Um, you learn a lot of responsibilities, and you learn a lot about life. And uh, I wouldn't trade that for the world. And I think 
that has also helped mold me into the person that I am today and 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 my faith continues to do that um so how does your faith interplay with your songwriting if at all i a lot of times uh, so especially with this new record um i'm i'm really excited because i think a lot of times you know when you write a song i struggled for a while feeling like because music is so powerful i struggled feeling like if i wrote something and someone listened to it and then they took it the wrong way or it it made them feel some way that was maybe negative, Mm -hmm. that I was responsible for that. And I I really struggled with that for a really long time. So writing a song and wanting it to come off in a way that was either positive or transparent, even if it was a negative thing, I wanted it to be transparent. I just wanted it to be like, this is life. And I think, you know, you read the Bible, it's transparent um, about a lot of things that happened and a lot of things that didn't come out to be maybe the way that it was very unpretty things. Yeah, yep. they were very unpretty things that happened in there, and they were still used for good. Yes. So like, I think that that was you know maybe the devil's way of being like, oh, you can't sing about that, or you can't write about that. So overcoming that and being able to say like, I need to put my faith and I need to put these things in here and and not be afraid of it. So like when I'm at shows or and especially um, the other night, and I I think this is what's awesome about the guys that I work with. You know, there was a gentleman who came up and he. He had, he said, he's like, hey, I have cancer. And he didn't get into it too much. And like, I saw my guitar player praying over him. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, that's not something where I was like, hey, you need to go pray for that guy. You know what I mean? He did it. And like, I think that that is so cool. And I think that, you know, that is what we're called. Like, that's, that's what, if, if anything, I'm making it, that's Mm, it for me. You know, that's like, that person came to hear us because they love our music and what we're trying to share. And then we were able to open up that spiritual realm and, and hopefully, you know, and I, I don't know if I'll ever see that guy again or my guitar player will ever see that guy again. You know, regardless, though, I feel like we, you know, we're able to bless him, hopefully, in a positive way. That's, a, that's another uh, thing for sure is to make sure you're in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard sometimes. <laughs> it is hard sometimes. Sometimes you just want to be done and leave yeah. or whatever. But. Yeah. I, I can struggle. Uh, I can relate to to that. I can sometimes feel like, hey, I, I'm tapped out or uh, I'm I'm peopled out because believe mm-hmm. it or not, I like to be alone. <laughs> I'm an introvert too. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be alone. My my husband can attest to that. I love people. I love interaction, and then I I need time to recharge. Otherwise, um, get cranky. I, yeah, I don't become. Uh, I'm I'm not. I'm not firing on all the most positive cylinders and it, it doesn't it doesn't benefit anyone well or myself and you have to put those boundaries up too, you know. Yeah. By the way, I'm gonna get in, we're gonna get into some general questions. If anybody watching has any questions that they'd like to ask Jess about her band, her career, etc., please be sure to comment them in the section below. So, first one, what is one of the best pieces of advice anyone has ever given you? Mm. Oh man, I feel like there's like the Jeopardy music playing right now. Uh, can we come back to that question? We can come back to that question. <laughs> we can circle back. We'll put a pin we'll in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh man, that's a big one. Okay. How about what is the one of the funniest or worst things that ever happened to you on a gig? The one of the worst things that ever happened. Or funniest. To you? <gasps> oh man. Okay. Well, I'm a transparent person, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up. Um, so there's two things. Um, the first one, we had a show in Florida, and it um, it was really unfortunate. We got done, and I couldn't find my cell phone. 
um, someone um, either took it thinking it was theirs or stole it on purpose. And it was a long, long, long search um, until the next morning. And it just so happened there was a radio station next to us uh, camping out. And I went over and I was like, hey, did you see my phone? Like it has my picture and my and my boyfriend at the time. My, we were on the picture of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like you had to have known it wasn't your phone if it, you picked it up. And he was like, no, though I was in the porta potty and I heard a phone ringing. And I literally, like I think if, I, if someone would have saw my face, it probably went, went white. And I was like, no. It's gone. No. And believe it or not. It was in the, we found the I find my iPhone and we managed to get my phone out of the portal. Did, did you get a new phone or? Uh, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford a new phone at the time. <laughs> I did not. So I, I kept that. Phone. Now I will say we sanitized it. I kept I'm it. Sure I kept it in time. rice for the entire 18 hour drive home. Um, I sanitized it well, and um, you know I don't even know how long it was in there. I don't know any of that. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, I just until this day I don't know who did it. I don't. I don't care. Um, you know, at the time I didn't have a computer. All my work was on my phone. So I, I guess it was a really strange blessing in disguise that I found it. That was the first one. You <laughs> that had. was the first one, and then the second one. I've never had this happen, and I hope that I never pray never that I have it happen again. I got sick at a venue. Oh, really? Um, and I, I, I really tried to make it through the whole show and I, I did not, I had to go back behind stage in the middle of one of our songs and, and throw up. And that was very embarrassing. Well, yeah. what did the other bandmates do? They, they, just, continue, just, they just kept playing. Now we have a mic where you can talk in the mic and we only hear it. So it's like mm-hmm. our inner system. And my husband, bless his heart, came running back and he was like talking to him. He's like, she's done. She's done. She can't do it. Because I was tried. I really was trying. And he's like, she's done, guys. You're going to have, like, you are got to call it. End of set. Yeah, the right. night, you know, keep, play the song out. And and one of my, my old roommates was there, and she gave me her sweatshirt to, to put on. And, and I came out, and I was like, hey, guys, like, I... I gotta go home, and it was so embarrassing. My my dad was there, bless his heart. He uh, he was actually at that show, and he offered to drive me home, and he drove me home, dropped me off, drove all the way back to his house. So it was it was quite an event. Um, I hope that never happens to anyone ever, though. It's real life. It is, yeah. Yeah. At some point, I'm um, human. You, and yep, you gotta I call got it. Sick at my show, <laughs> uh, and that, that's a real thing. People will like you can't. That's another thing. You can't. Push yourself to death. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I exactly. Not that, that you were it. dying or anything, but. Well, no, no. I, I mean, that was it. Was it? And like, I, I, someone offered if I wanted to take um like, nausea medicine, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like whatever. If I'm going to, to do it's this, gonna happen. I should just do it because yeah. it does not want to be in there. Right, exactly. Like, and there's a reason why you. Yeah, throw it off, I have a reason why this is happening, and and I had actually already done that in the parking lot before the show, which was already embarrassing because there was security guards and it was just like, oh my word, like I'm so embarrassed. But you know, you do what you do and it's it's just like you go to work. And yeah. and I I set. put my best foot forward and everyone was great about it, you know? And and I have a, a we have another show. We'll be back there. So they didn't kick me out. Right, yeah. <laughs> I was I felt so bad, especially like the cleaning person. I was like, oh crying and it was it was that was probably one of my most embarrassing and then the other one was it was that was funny and gross all at the but, same yeah, time. Yeah, right. It's, it's something you look back at and I was like, oh, that was funny. That, but, oh like, my gosh, you can't make it up. Yeah, right. You can't make. No. Yeah, right. You can't make it up. 
We wrote a song about it. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, it's off our, our album oh, Red. Funny. It's called Bad Case. And <laughs> every every line in the song is is a a bad situation or a bad case of something nasty or gross. It's called Bad Case. So please go check it out. And if you have questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now you know. <laughs> uh, oh, I just saw the comment, the porta potty, and the, it's a... Uh, it is. It's in the song "Bad Case," uh, Carol. So go check out "Bad Case." Um, listen to it. So, um, we we talked about. Oh, speaking of, of this, maybe kind of on the same line. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen made, or that you yourself made, and how can we curb that for future musicians? Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made was not taking care of my mental health soon enough. Um, I can't really say that anything you know, equated to my music career, like, like, oh, I made a, pe- a poor decision um, when it came to this or that. It was my personal life. I didn't take my mental health. And, like, I have struggled since I was a child with mental mm-hmm. health. And so not taking that seriously as an adult. Um, and, you know, in fairness, you know, as a kid, my, my parents didn't really know um, or maybe fully understand how to help. And so – as I got older and when I, since I started recognizing what was going on and, and those kind of things, I think I hated music for a long time and that was great until it wasn't anymore. Right. So seeking medical help, seeking medication, the tools for, for healing and, and continuing that I think is really important. And if you struggle with anything, it doesn't have to be mental health. It can be any health in general, make that a priority um, because Absolutely. that will affect any health issue will affect everything. I'll tell you how silly, silly, quote unquote, it can get, even though it's really serious. Uh, there was a, a guy I had on, he, uh, his bass player, his pinky was not able to work. Oh, right? well, that's and a very important. That is very important. <laughs> very important for a bass player to have his uh, left hand pinky, who was working, mm-hmm. to work. Um, so he thought, oh, maybe something is in, in the phalange or the wrist or whatever. No, it was... It was it was because he did this with his head and he was pinching a nerve. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's stuff that you would have never thought about, yes. right? Because especially like your spine is one of the most important. Th- if your bag is hurting, get it get it checked out. Go to a chiropractor or do some physical therapy. Because yeah. if you're a musician as well, because your spine it's, is one of the it's what's keeping you up. Yeah, literally. I know a lot of people that struggle with with um with chronic illness, and it it breaks my heart because it's like. You know, it, it's it's so it, it takes over so much of your life. Yeah. And um, so if I definitely that would be a big piece of advice is if you can um, and don't sign the first record deal you've been offered. That's that's another good one. Yes. Yeah. So those, those are like get a lawyer. My, my good life <laughs> things. And then don't sign the first record label that you've been offered and maybe don't even sign the second one. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> definitely like get it a doesn't lawyer always sure. mean it's the best thing. Um, yeah. And. You know, it's it's really awesome. I've been we've we've been really fortunate um to have an a, a record label offer us, and um, it wasn't what I I thought was best, so That's we didn't good. do it. Yeah, you know, but it was still cool. Yeah, it's still cool. <laughs> yeah, read your terms and conditions. Yeah, it doesn't mean Absolutely. that it won't happen next time. Exactly, and there's always more doors. There's always more right. windows. Right, and if it's not gonna get opened, uh, right, I don't need to throw myself through the door. Exactly. Yeah, to try and make it open. Be patient as yes. a musician for sure speaking of patience uh we talk about faith and all that stuff what is worship to you worship to me is is definitely music 
um, by myself. By yourself. Okay. By myself. Um, and if I can be outside, I'm a very, I love to be outside. Um, if I can be outside, that's a very big thing. But I love to be by myself for worship. Um, I don't know why that is. Um, I think it's maybe because music is so vulnerable and then like worshiping my savior is a very vulnerable thing. So like to be alone, um, and doing that, I think is, is amazing. Now I have, will say I went to a, a very big, um, a spiritual revival down in Orlando, Florida a couple years ago. And I think the entire time, I have like goosebumps talking about it right now. The entire time was just a stadium singing of all different languages. And it was just, it was amazing. And I was like, if this is a millisecond glimpse of what heaven's going to be like of worship, I want it. Whoo, send me now. Send now. <laughs> I'm ready. So um, I, I think that that would definitely be, um, and and I, I'm an animal, animal person. So. Mm. Um, I think worship can be not just in music, but in admiring his his creation. Um, singing songs to the squirrels. Yeah, yeah, that's right. To my my cows and my dogs and horses, just singing along. <laughs> what is one thing you know now that you wish you had known when you first started? In terms of effort, time, career. Um. Hmm. Not everybody is going to be your friend. Unfortunately. Absolutely. Even the nice people that come up to yeah. you are not going to be your friend. Yeah, and that makes me really sad because I don't, I don't, I wish that that was not the case. And um, just because the music industry can be a very moving and positive place, um, not everybody has your best interest. So, um, just really trying to surround yourself with people who you trust, you trust, yeah, yeah. and who have the same moral compass. Um, or at least are willing to respect, respect where yeah. yours is. Yeah, even if they don't, like, I'm, I'm. if you don't believe the way that I believe, like, I'm not going to treat you different, Different. Um, though I just respect, I would like the same respect that I have for you. So, like, that's right. kind of my, my MO with that. <laughs> Absolutely. So circling yeah. back. Yeah, circling back. Okay, I have it. What was it, the best piece of advice? Yeah. Um, so this is from, and I, it came to me right after we moved on from the question. Of course. Um, I know. <laughs> my, my grandma, she is very important to me. She's 90. She's going to Nashville with us for the awards show. I'm pumped. Um, and she's been a very big influence in, in my life as far as like music and um, just someone who's always had an open heart to everything. And my grandfather struggled with mental health and um, – He's, he's no longer living, but one thing she would always say is, why worry when you can pray? Mm. And, like, it's, like, the simplest thing, and you're, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. am, like, that's it? That's what you're going to tell? Like, I'm, like, Grandma, what's your advice? 90 years. Come on. Give me a list. I'm ready. I'm going to write it down. She's, like, why worry when you can pray? And I'm, that's like. That's the only thing she says, right? That's it. That's it. And I'm, like, what? <laughs> and then you, the more you think about it, you're, like. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. And the Bible t- talks about... Why worry uh, when you can pray? Yeah, t- b- Paul talks about it, cast your worries on the cross. Yeah. Right? And it's literally, people want to know why I, why I am such a go-with-the-flow person, how I have a lot of patience and how I, how I can do all this stuff and not be... Or people who know me personally know that I have a lot of stress happening in the at least the past right. two months, financial, whatever. Uh, whatever you have. Life stuff. Life stuff, you know, just general life stuff. And people are always like, how do you deal with that? And also, like, you go on the podcast and just have a f- great time. Yes. It's like, well, it's because I don't worry about it because I know that God has a plan and I know that he feeds the birds 
without them worrying. So I'm gonna not gonna worry. I'm gonna be fine. Right. God provides. Cast it all on the cross and enjoy the now. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I I I agree with that. And you know, I think even sometimes people get confused with the idea that if like, well, if if you are a believer or if you have faith, then like all your worries go away. No. And it's like, whoa. No. That's not a thing at all. Um, or your life is going to be perfect. Your life's going to be perfect, and it's that's not, not true. No. Not true. So um, I think just that like little bit of advice would be why worry when you can pray, and um, then I follow it up with like my more like logical like why worry when you can pray, but like don't go like jump out in front of a train. Of course, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> don't be, do that. Don't think you're not going to get hurt. Like you got to be the God, Lord. Also gave you a brain, so uh, <laughs> right. you know you got to use it, and you you got to be smart about your decisions, uh, and you got to you know. You gotta have a support system, and and we're we're meant for community, and we're meant for support, and yes. So that's another thing. We uh, don't isolate yourself, right? Granted, yes. you might need to have that time to recharge, but right. We humans are meant to be connected, connected, communal, yes. uh, person to person. I know online Zoom has been really popular, but I not do, the same. I do not enjoy online Zoom. I know. I hate it. All of you guys from Facebook watching, I enjoy that you're watching. (laughs) (laughs) And I also would love to see you in person and give you a hug. (laughs) Um, I'm all about in person. So where can people do that, see you in person and give you a hug? So we we have a lot of shows. We'd love for you guys to come to our shows. And um, we we always say, like, welcome to the Jay-Z band family. Um, Because we really do. We value our fans. Um, They're they're so supportive and they are – um, they're awesome, and we couldn't ask for better fans. I mean, you, we're doing something we love, and in return, they're coming to something that they love, and it's like this this big party. It's great, and it's it's a good time, and it's wholesome. And so any of our shows, I mean, please feel free. Invite your friends, family. You know, I know a lot of people that are like, I brought so-and-so. It's their first time. And um, I always want to make sure that I, I recognize um anybody that comes because we we appreciate that otherwise i said the other night at our show if no one came to our shows we would just be a weird garage band like we would just be playing music with our like in the in the garage we'd still be playing the music yeah no one would be li- yeah, yeah no one would be listening to it and i'd be like oh you're in a band yeah but like no one listens to it <laughs> and and that's you know we're still creating music we're still going to do our thing and the fact that people come and they love it and they they want to spend their hard earned money on on our music like that is that's mind blowing. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I just can't sometimes wrap my head around that. So it's a, it's really a blessing. So make sure you find all of the all the info. You can find it at jzband.org. Yep. And all of those other links are in the description. You can find her Spotify. You can find her everywhere you look. We're all over. All Hopefully. over the place. Hopefully. <laughs> and if you have enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, follow, subscribe, share with your friends. We have. We are coming up on our 100th episode, which will be a panel discussion for uh, me and, and the future of this podcast, because I have some really big plans that I want to get get a part of. So if you want to stay in tune for that, please be sure to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the story Corey Rosen at C-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N. We have some really big plans coming up this week. We have this uh, weekend, Friday, we have Ryan Giesemann. He is a camera dude, a film film dude oh, cool. who has worked on several uh short films in the area and he is is a teacher here at the college um really great dude really cool stories he's worked at church so i'm really excited to see what all the things that you know he's got to talk about because he's a really 
interesting. He's 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 articulate. Ah, I like that. Yeah. Yes. Really. That's cool. Yes, really fun dude. I'm excited to talk to him. Um, but with all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll see you guys later. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Bye.